Ladies and gentlemen, right here in our studio, we have famed Adol Kristen, savior of many lands caught in horrible circumstances. Yep. Hi, everybody. I'm good with the sword, and I can move fast, and um, usually I don't have to say anything, so I'm not sure what to say here. Everybody should go adventuring. As you can tell, words aren't his strong suit. That's not a problem, though. We brought 200 trained warriors to do battle with him. Uh-oh. You'll never be able to edit that mess he made the soldiers into something appropriate for TV. Hey, Paisanos, it's the Backcheck Brothers Super Show! We're the Backcheck Brothers, and old school are gays. We're not like the others. You get all the faith. If your back left in trouble, you can call us in the double. We're more retro than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. So hang on to your seat. Get ready for a venture from our pieces of sweet cup consoles, computers, handhelds, and the others. Listen to our show. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack, where we talk about computer and console role-playing games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to a brand new episode of the RPG Backtrack. This is number 175, The Wise Habit. And I am a host, Phil Willis, and this is another host, Mr. Mike Minky. And Phil, I thought you had played a game in this series once upon a time, but I guess you don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, I told you, it's clearly spelled with a Y, therefore it is wise. Why ask why? That's what we're asking today. Why even play why? Why ask why? Why? It's all about why. And, and I, I didn't know we would be getting so philosophical this early in the evening. You know what? You know, sometimes people ask, you know, what are the five W's? But they should know what are the seven plus Y's. Because we're talking about Y7. Plus how, because... Oh, plus how, yeah. Because we're talking about Y7, Y's origin, Y's the oath of Felgana, Y's memory of Selketa, Y's strategy, Y's ope of Nephilim, plus newer version of Y's 1 and 2 on the PC. So there's like seven Y's here. There's so many Y's, I have to ask why we don't have Michael Apps. Oh wait, we do. We have the one and only Mr. Michael Apps on tonight's RPG Backtrack. You do. Somehow you managed to pull me away from Breath of the Wild. Well, forget about that. Somehow you guys managed to pull me away from Horizon Zero Dawn. Hello. Where I don't have to worry about lightning bolts hitting me just because I have a metal bow and arrow out. Hello. If not for Zelda, I would be playing that game. Uh, I'm telling you, it's so awesome. That game, I have both games. I tried them both for like four hours. I stuck with Horizon. It rocks. We're going to have it out on the final lap. Just I, I thought you were. I thought you were trying to get the other ending of Persona Four Gold. Oh yeah, that's a side project. Golden, sorry. Golden, right. We're going to talk about all that on the final lap. For now, though, 
I gotta ask why. Why do we have a new intro? Well, that's because this is episode number 175. And for those of you who are kind of new to the show, we like to change up our intro every 25 episodes. So, boom, there you go. Um, if you're ever bored, uh, if you go back and listen, just pick like uh, an RPG backtrack, like pick every 25th one, and you'll get a new intro every time. It's really cool. Uh, anywho, so we got a new intro, and we got a lot of games to talk about tonight. So we're going to jump into it, and then as you can tell, we're already chomping at the bit for our final app. we got a lot of stuff to talk about on the final <laughs> app today. And hell, there's even good games on the blast in the recent past. But I, I don't know, we probably won't even get time for it, because it's late and, and we got stuff to do. So, we're going to take a tiny break, we're going to play some music, Mike apps, Mike, Minky, and I will ask why when we come back. For those of you who don't know, we talked about the Y series way back already, but we only got so far. Today's show, we're talking about all the the newer Ys that have come out. Uh, there's so many Ys. Oh my gosh, so many. A couple so, of them are remakes of older Ys games. Yeah, but yeah, this we could even go further because there have been multiple versions of so many in this series, but. Uh, you need you need you no, really you have, to, do, you have to keep re- some level of reason. You really do have to like do some research to figure out if you were going to try to play through the series proper and figure out and path a way to do that. Uh, but but first, uh, let's let's jump into this. Let's talk about Wise Seven, developed by Nihon Falcom, published in North America by Marvelous USA. This was released on the PlayStation Portable in North America on August 17th, 2010, a single-player action RPG experience. I thought X-Seed released it in North America. Hey, you know what? I'm reading what Wikipedia (laughs) says, and even though the box that I have clearly says X-Seed on the front, because I do have this game. Phil, Phil, click on the Marvelous USA link. Marvelous. And see what page it brings you to. It brings me to Marvelous page. All right, so. No, it brings you so to the Marvelous. page. Stop asking why, apps, okay? Just stop asking why. All right, Exceed Games. Anyways, uh, and it's rated T for teen, because this is too much action for a 12-year-old. 13-year-old well, is okay, but too much for a 12-year-old. They could have a heart attack. I am not qualified to judge that, Who? as I did not play it when I was a 12-year-old, and neither did you, Mr. Apps. <laughs> Nope. Who wants to talk about the deep plot of Wise 7? Because here on Wikipedia, it's all of two sentences. Ooh, I do. I do. All right. Go for it, Mr. Apps. 
So Adol and Dogi decide to switch things up and not crash the ship they're on. Instead, land safely in a harbor. At, in a harbor, and then wander around talking to people for a while instead of smacking things with their weapons. That will come, but yeah, they they have to figure out. We're in a land called Altago. Altago is remarkably divided for a country that is supposedly one nation into people <laughs> who uh, don't seem to ever have anything to do with each other. Yeah, it kind of seems like the plot is intended for like a much much larger country when it's actually quite small. So I'm not really sure what was going on with there, but yeah, uh, bad things are going on. Well, uh, you, you live in Connecticut, right, Mr. Abs? Yes. So if you were to go just over to New York City, which is about the distance from Altigo proper that most of these countries seem to be, you will, of course, find that they look completely different and act in ways that you have no idea to, how to understand because uh, that, that's just how things work. Yes, they drive their cars very poorly. Same in Rhode Island, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, the the strange shores of Rhode Island. I, I never people. thought that we would come up with such an apt analog for the world of E7, <laughs> but apparently we did. Uh, anyway, we were, we're, we're yammering around in Altigo capital for a while, and then we finally get to go out and explore. Yes. And the combat is... Well, okay, we're talking about the plot. Yeah. Combat will be there is an awful lot discussions. of plot. There is a surprising amount of plot, and um, yeah, XC did a good job localizing it. But I can't say that I was held wrapped to my screen with the deep, complex characterizations known to the Ease universe. I, I wouldn't call it their best effort. I don't know if they this was the first job by some new localizers or what, but it was not. It was not their best East localization. The better ones are to come. Um, but Compared you know, to some localizations in Ease's past, though. Oh, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, this one has lots of text. And, you know, maybe even if they had done a better job, it may not have mattered. Because it's, it's kind of like a lot of talking without much substance. Well, let's uh, see. We've got Aisha, the princess of Altigo, who... You know is the princess long before this is finally revealed to Adel and Dogi, who act like somebody just dropped a 50-ton weight in front of them. <laughs> and she, and for a while there, she has to do what princesses often have to do and be royal for a while. So her bodyguard, Sigrun, just shows up and takes her place and doesn't have much of a personality other than, I don't trust you, but Aisha does, so I'm coming with you. <laughs> And there's Elk, who is the little, the, the grandson of a village elder in, um, uh, man, I'm glad for Hardcore Gaming telling me that it's Shinoa Village. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you were asking me to name the characters, it'd be like, oh, that that, that was the one with the bow. That was the Except there are two with the bow. Well, well one that doesn't have a bow, she has a wand, but it acts like a bow. And that's the guy from E6. And th- there's the... There's Mustafa, who I remember because he makes me think of the Lion King. Mufasa, and his, Mufasa, and his Mufasa. Sister, his sister Crucier, 
who, even though she doesn't look like it, is carrying around a club that is apparently weighing more than she does and fights exactly like her brother. I, I forgot about her. There's, yeah, there's Mishra, the, the blind lady with the the thing, the, the magical cane that shoots beams of light, which act remarkably like arrows. <laughs> and then everybody, yeah, there's gay. See, I just played it, so I remember gays, even though I... I'm, try- I'm having trouble remembering what he did in E6, but we'll get there. And yeah, pretty much all of these people join you, and by the end, you've got a massive seven-person army, which, well, that's unprecedented for ease. Seven, you say? Hmm. Can't imagine where that came from. <laughs> Although technically there are nine playable characters, but you never have all of them simultaneously. Right. Um. Okay, okay. This is a very complex plot. Things are going wrong in Altigo. See, I, I knew everybody would need a moment to recover from that shock. So let's, let's get let's get deeper. Uh, there's this thing called Iskan fever. See, I played it recently, so I remember all this stuff. An inexplicable illness that has no cure, although you can be treated temporarily for it, and it kills people. And you'd really think that the more people are suffering with this, the bigger a problem it would seem, and people might actually try to solve and heal the thing, but um, I don't make the rules. I don't decide which illnesses are warranting the attention of all your medics. <laughs> um, and what would what do you know? Some The king eventually gets assassinated, which, you know, that puts Aisha out, because she's the princess, and although she should eventually be the queen, because there is no... Her mother is dead, she has no siblings, so she would, by default, be the new ruler, but I guess that never happens. Instead, the Prime Minister tries to take over, and then he dies, too. He was a great character. The Prime Minister. I forgot he was even a character. There's something about him trying to force people out of the the slums so that it can be opened up to development, and then that's just forgotten, because uh, the true evil shows up, and conveniently slaughters a whole bunch of people so that all of the infamy that that Adel has accrued can be forgotten as everyone realizes, oh, it really wasn't you. Even though even though we've been blaming you for being the king's assassin and we've been hunting you throughout the land, we're we're just gonna give it up now because clearly it wasn't you. And then you get yeah, after you've gone to all the lands, then you get to go to them again and go deeper into them to fight eat the five dragons that will each give you their powers and let you go into the well of souls which allows you to do battle with a blue-haired woman which is definitely in keeping with the series but this blue-haired woman she seemed nice at the beginning but she's actually responsible for the cycle of rebirth which gasp honestly as evil plots go this isn't that evil Apparently this happens in this place every few millennia where, okay, we've we've done such a bad job that we're just going to toss it all in the dumpster and restart. And what kind of cycle of rebirth only applies to one single country? Must be a very very, interesting country. A very localized one. Mm. I'm I'm sure if Falcom ever comes up with a comprehensive map of the world of ease, it will be very interesting. (laughs) But it won't do that anytime soon because... Honestly, if Falcom's only up to the eighth game, it's going to be a while. <laughs> and I I know I'm leaving out a lot of smaller events, but really, 
the plot is not the reason you play an ease game for the most part, and this one is certainly not going to change your mind. No, that is for sure. And honestly, it can be a bit of a detriment in this one as well, just because it's it a goes very, on. Yeah, it's a very fast-paced game, and it just has a tendency to just drone on for way too long. Even once I finally, instead of the usual method of hitting the same button to automatically scroll through the entire caption instead of waiting for it to unspool manually, it, you have to hit a different button to pop it all up manually. Um, I'm probably explaining that very badly. But yeah, even after enough. I was scrolling through the text as quickly as possible, because that's just what I do. Even I don't like skipping plot events entirely if it's a, if it's an option because... There might be something interesting in there. So I read the whole thing. It's um, it's not good. It's not terrible. It just could have been pr- edited much, much better. Uh, yeah. But you do get to play as Dogie for the first time. That's nice. And amazingly enough, Dogie. he punches things. <laughs> and a few of them are even walls. So do we do we really have to go through the plot even more, or can we just no? no we really don't. I mean, it's just like I love this game, and I barely remember the plot, and that's fine. It you know you know what the plot does? It moves the action along at a good clip, and that's and for this kind of game, that's all you need to do. You need a purpose to be charging through monsters and battling in dungeons, and it does an adequate job there. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it can be a detriment, which is unfortunate. Again, Falcom should have edited it a bit better. Yeah, I always wonder if, uh, you know, given the amount of text in the Legend of Hero games, uh, perhaps a bit of that style just bled over into this game. Forgetting for a moment that they are completely different types of games and... The fame of Ease was not built on its lush storytelling and immaculate world that has spawned tons of fanfic. Nope. I'm sure there is Ease fanfic out there, but I doubt that it owes too much to the early game's writing. No, no. Anyway, I I don't want to sound like I'm coming down too hard on the plot, because it's not awful. It just takes way too long to Yeah, that's the thing here. I mean, you play it, and you're not going to find... You're not going to be, like, completely bored to sleep. Um, you're just going to be irritated at times. And then... Yeah, the you know, goal has go... been made clear. Uh, all right, we, we have to go back to the same places again to find the dragons. Stop belaboring it, everybody! Yeah. Anyway. Should we right. talk about the combat, then? We might have to. Because we apparently no it's longer... not about the story. No, it is not. We are no longer bumping into things. I mean, that hasn't been the case since the 90s, but anybody who hasn't touched the series in that long will probably associate it with bumping into things. So Yeah, the bumping or the terrible side-scrolling game you should play the remake of and not the terrible side-scrolling game. We're getting ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> Did, didn't we talk yeah, about that one? In a, uh, anyway. No, because okay, the remake, we're doing, we're doing that tonight. Anyway. Okay, okay. <clears throat> so, the big hook of this game is, uh, for the first time, you're not controlling just at all, controlling a party of three. And I, can't, I think there are points where you're not even controlling him, him at all. I know that this is an element of 
the last boss fight and maybe some other boss fights, but I think you generally have to have him around. Yeah, you can't take him out of the party, and there's only... Aside from the last boss, I don't remember any points at which he's off-screen. But that's because Adel can equip all kinds of weapons that allow him to have... You know, exploit the weakness of anything. Because <laughs> he's Adel. Yeah. So there's three different types of weapons. Um, I don't remember the exact names of them, but just think there's like... Uh, there's there's blunt force, there's yeah. slashing, and there's piercing. That That's, yeah. that's the concept. Uh, so, you know, the piercing can be, like, the ranged character, and slashing is obviously the quicker character, and, you know, blunt is the stronger characters with slower attacks. And, you know, the, the so each of the characters matches one of those types, except Adol, who can switch between all three. Uh, Admittedly, until the end of the game, he has to be one of them at a time, but right. his, his weapons can be changed on the floor. Right. And uh, each of the characters, even though... They're each fitting into one archetype. Do play slightly differently, and you know they all have their own unique skills. Um, and the way you use those is your normal attacks charge up a meter, which you can then use to uh, use your various skills. And right, repeatedly, when you first equip a weapon, it comes with a skill, and you have to use that skill a set number of times in order to have access to it without having that weapon equipped. Yeah. So it's uh, similar to Final Fantasy IX in that regard. And, you know, largely it works out well. Um, there's no jumping in this game. You've got, like, a dodge or a dash or whatever you want to call it. And so, Evasive like, roll? Yeah. So, like, jumping around, combat, fighting things, using skills, charge attacks. It's all very engaging. Uh, and especially if you're playing on harder difficulties, you know, it does a good job of keeping you on your toes. And the boss battles can be pretty intense. You know, I remember some of them just, uh, you know, my hands, like, hurt after them. Although that's probably partially just due to the PSP <laughs> itself. But, uh, you know, it just does, it, it's just really good. And it's fast. Yeah, very fast, yeah. You, you go whack, 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 something dies in a couple of seconds, or it can't. If you are trying to use a weapon that is not effective against that enemy, then you'll be at it a while. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even if, if you're good enough, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're using something that uh, it's strong against. You can just keep keep going and eventually take it down. And, of course, fighting something with something, the weapon that it's weak to will also get you more points to use your skills much faster. Yes, this is true. And you also have, in addition to just like your normal attack, you can charge up an attack for more damage and more addition to your skill meter. So, you know, and what I really like about that is, and unlike some action RPGs where you're kind of just using regular attacks and kind of saving your skills for when you really need to, to, to use them, everything kind of feeds into each other. You know, you're using your regular attacks and feeds into your skills and then more regular attacks and combat gets this kind of rhythm to it and you know maybe you build up the, the meter to save your skills for some tougher enemies or uh, when a boss reveals its weakness or something like that it's just you know I don't really I, I think the way I often describe the battle system is it's like secret of mana turned up to turn with the speed turned up to 11 yeah there's no turn based here yeah I mean, you can pause it, and that's another difference from older Ease games in that you can actually use items. Yes. 
and you Although probably yeah, you have should. A, and you have a pretty limited supply too. Like you can't. Just, oh, that's true. You can't just uh, fill a giant stock full of healing items. So you can't really just uh, brute force your way through all this game. You have to actually uh, learn and play carefully. Bosses have patterns. Yep. As with most good bosses through the years, and you should uh, learn them and play along with them. So really, it kind of—it's like a natural evolution of East, I would say. Yeah, you um, got an attack button in later Ease games, and this one just carries that concept over to having a, a multiple party system. And the people you aren't controlling are actually helpful. They are. They're not Shockingly. brilliant, but they can—they will start attacking the thing that you attack immediately. And I was particularly happy to see that they will actually go out and collect all the stuff that you spew out of enemy corpses and from stockpiles on the screen oh, yeah. so that you don't have to. That is especially helpful. <laughs> if there's just one thing I want to praise about this game more other than the combat, it's allies who do something helpful. <laughs> I shouldn't have to, but it's gone so wrong so many times. Oh, it has. It absolutely has. And they can't get stuck on things. If you get too far away from them, they'll just magically appear next to you again. Sure, it's a cheat, but you know what? I'm fine with that if it saves me some frustration. I don't want to have to go run back and see, oh, oh, Dogie, you got stuck in the corner again. Sorry, here, I'll get a shepherd you away. Because I think we've all had to deal with moments like that. Yes. Yes, we have. Let's see. Yeah, there's some needless repetition, and I... I could say that the bosses often have a little too much health and that it takes a while to kill them, but that that's that's a quibble. Mega yeah. boss battles. And yes, that final boss fight is pretty neat because you actually have to use all the characters. Oh, I Three love of them that take on the first fight. phase, which is a real pain in the butt. You, you have to keep knocking out these arms before its actual center will open up for just a little while for you to hit, and then it'll start spamming nasty stuff at you again. Yeah, and then, one nasty boss fight. <laughs> and then another three characters have to take on the middle of it, and then Adol himself gets to take on the head. And it, it's it's pretty epic. It is. And I mean, the, the sense of accomplishment when I actually finished that boss battle was just huge. Partially because I was playing on hard, still. Yeah, I wasn't going to try on hard my first time through. <laughs> Especially when I was trying to get ready for this, so that I didn't want to be sitting there. Yeah. For hours. That's just, that's just kind of been my thing with the series since um, I really got into it with uh, Oath and Felgana. It's just I always play on hard. Fair enough. I don't. I don't necessarily recommend that to any to anyone. And you know what? Ease is also known for having some pretty rocking music. Ah, oh, the music in this is so good. We could uh, we could easily keep up the soundtrack for this episode with Ease Seven music alone, but. We might have to spread the love a little bit. Yeah. Because just by itself, this game has, what, 50 tracks? Something like that. And this came with the soundtrack, uh, but and I don't believe it was the whole soundtrack. No, and since I got Selection. it digitally, I don't have that soundtrack, but uh, I, I acquired it via other means. Uh, I wish I could say the same about the visuals, which are kind of polygony. Sure. Uh, I think at the time they were pretty nice, but... Um, yeah, they probably have not aged completely. And I'm playing it on a Vita screen, which doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a little polygony even just on the PSP, but 
you know, it wasn't looking well enough. Yeah, it's not PS1 level. No. <laughs> it gets I, the job done. And I got to give credit to the game for barely reusing any enemy models. They're, they're pretty much all new stuff that you're going to yeah. be seeing throughout. Time for a new E-Wise game? Uh, almost, I think. Is there anything else to cover on this one? Um, I was a little ticked off. Remember that point when you're told that you can, that you need to find the, the hidden paths in order to get around the stupid blockades that they've set up? Yeah. For a game that's so verbose in spots, I don't remember actually having that spelled out very well, so I had to blunder around for a while until I finally found out how to get around, and that was not so much fun. Yeah. But again, I got over it, and I was having fun pretty much all the time when I was playing this game. It's not perfect, but as a kind of jump into a new generation of East, it was definitely a great, great first step. And now I think that does take us about to... Are we ready, Phil? Ready for more e- wise wise games. <laughs> like, like, yeah, totally, right? Wise. Why ask why? Sure. Why, why ask about your origin, for example? Let's I don't remember about, my own origin. <laughs> let's talk about Wise Origin, developed by Nihon Falcom, released by Marvelous USA. <sighs> released in around 2006, I believe, on the PSP. Uh, they don't seem to have the exact date on here, and I'm too lazy to look uh, at more sources. Um, 2006 was, in Japan. Oh, it's in Japan. Uh, it did not come here for a while. Uh, let's say in here, PlayStation 4, February 24, 2017, but didn't we get something else? Be- like, wh- So where did we get this at? East Origin did not come to the PS- PSP. Did it come to the, the like something else? I know it's on GOG 2012, May 31st, 2012. It was PC only until the PS4 version that just came out recently. Yeah. Which is what... And the PS- what? PS4 came out February 24, 2017. So just a... F- few weeks ago or so so and that is the version that was just reviewed on our site where so yeah another single player action rpg experience take it away all right this one takes place long long before any other ease game so long before that wow adult isn't in the game at all (laughs) gasp you get to play some some young lady named Unica, who does a nice thing of fighting gender roles in, J- in JRPGs by using a blade and getting in close to things and, and not being able to use any magic. And a guy named Hugo, who has a couple of orbs and a wand, and his orbs and wand shoot bolts. And he is actually an ancestor of the very first boss, in, in the, or the very last boss in the very first Ease game. Dark fact! And his name is Hugo. That's still a terrible name, by the way. Considering Ease 1 came out 30 years ago, possibly even more, I'd I'd have to check exactly when it came out, but it's about 30 years old now. I will just let it go. Dark Fat. That is a dumb name, but (laughs) I can probably come up with worse names from 1987 video games. (laughs) And I think you could, too. Uh, Yeah, definitely. So, E's origin. You have to go through the whole Tower of Dom again. Yay, question mark? 
I don't know. It doesn't feel like it did in earlier incarnations. So it's, it's prettier. That is very true. It also and, has lava and water that wasn't there the first time. And sand. You forgot about the sand. Yeah, how could you forget about those annoying things that burrow under the sand to annoy you? And those other annoying things that have to be killed with the right thing equipped or else they won't stay dead. This one's... A lot of this one, although I've been playing the PS3, PS4 version recently, I actually imported this on PC years ago, so that's where most of my experience is from. I played the PC version right after Xseed localized it. And I think what I did, I, I beat it with Hugo because playing with Hugo does not make it feel like an ease game. Since he shoots things, it feels very different with him. It does. It's definitely and a I very played with different Unica, experience who, player. Unica does kind of play like Adol. Yeah, Unica really feels a lot like uh, Adol from Alton Tulgana. Not completely the same, but close enough. And once you beat it with both of them, you get to play with the claw. <laughs> or, or, I'm sorry, the craw. <laughs> and you'll never guess what his weapon is. Never. It, is it an axe? Close, smaller, something that might in fact fit conveniently on your hand. Oh, of course, a spoon. Try something a little bigger than a fork without a handle. Uh, and no, it's not a comb. A baseball? How did you get that from fork without a handle? <laughs> I don't know. What kind of baseball do you play? Are people dying in your baseball games? You know, it's like Mutant League Baseball, which I don't think was ever a thing. Not anymore. EA has let that die for at least 20 years. Thanks, EA. Well, that's EA for you. Yeah, uh, anyway, he's got a claw. Yep, and he also plays kind of like Adol, although he's More super claw-y. fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is annoying that you have to complete it with both of the others because his is the canon plot and you cannot fight the real final boss until you play with the claw. (laughs) I will say, though, that once I played with the claw and got through the game, it did feel more fulfilling to finish it with him. Yeah. Anyway, you're playing one of them, turn around, you kill things, you level up. Climb the tower. You get good new items. It's Darm Tower. Yep. You know, yeah. It's, I think it's thirty stories. I think part of this one, um, I could be wrong, but I think if people don't have any nostalgia for playing the original East, they may not get the full experience out of this one, because a lot of it kind of plays on the original game. Like there's musical hints, uh, old bosses directly remade and put in this game. So definitely playing the on the nostalgia course, factor. Which is, yeah. Uh, ancestors of people who show up in Ease 1 and 2. And in fact, you get to... The main antagonist here is an antagonist in Ease 2. Although he looks a little different now. Yeah. Much nicer sprite. Yeah, it's it's almost like something from the late 80s versus something from 2006. Wouldn't look quite the same. But that couldn't be. And an interesting tidbit about this game. So I had mentioned, after starting up the PS4 version, you know, I made the joke of, like, why the heck does this game start with an intro in French? And then someone mentioned to me that, oh, that's where, like, supposedly the actual myth of East takes place, which was surprising to me. In France? Yes. 
obviously I don't know my French folklore as well as I should. Yeah, I was a little surprised too, but uh, that would explain the strange French intro, if anyone is wondering. Because the whole series does take place in like a, uh, obviously, fantasized version of Europe, or Europa, or whatever they call it in the series, I forget. Well, especially when you end up fighting Romans. Yes. (laughs) Spelled a little differently, but as far as I can tell, it is pronounced Romans. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, Romans like to go overseas and try to add to their empire. Mm. I don't know where Falcom got that idea. Anyway, he's origin. You know, I I gotta give it credit because... Based on going through that the Darm Tower in earlier games, you wouldn't have thought it had this much variety inside. No. I mean, it can seem to sit a bit silly at times, I guess, if you're coming from one of the original games. But, you know, who really cares? You're playing a cool-looking dungeon, so... Yeah, if you're going to be in one dungeon for the whole game, you got to appreciate the effort to make it look different every few floors and yeah. throw lots of varied challenges your way. Got to get the thing that lets you breathe underwater or else you're not going underwater. They have really did a nice job of uh, bringing back some of the original bosses and making kind of keeping the original feel, but not so much that they're kind of boring. Like you've got that, uh, I don't know if it's strictly a vampire or not, but the boss that like turns into a bunch of bats. And although that's kind of completely taken from the original game given that this is a much faster paced game it feels a lot different you have to kind of like scramble a lot around and avoid getting caught in the swarm of bats and uh, it's a really fun boss battle yeah and the combat i mean we'll we'll touch on this again in a little bit but this game does have a jump button and it does yes. have an attack button it does have some light platforming nothing too frustrating fortunately because no uh, if it did then that could get annoying yeah and it's also, from an overhead perspective, and sort of a 3D, which means that even if they had wanted to make it play exactly like Ease 1, they couldn't have. you got an attack button, you can jump, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And again, it's got a good variety of things. It can be very challenging, very skill-based. I actually uh, thought it looked pretty good, too. Yeah, it's a, it's it's. I would say it's the best-looking of the three games that use that engine, uh, especially when you... The, brief moments when you're like walking around the outside of the tower and there's like some ni- really nice looking graphics in the background. That's true, yeah. Uh, the bosses are like all pretty well animated. Um, and Oh dear gods, what the there's a mobile version of it. That's frightening. Here, just scroll down to mobile version screenshots and wonder what the hell possessed anyone to try that. Oh, God, what is this? I don't know why that was done. Look at it. Uh, why would you do this? Make it stop. I, I do like this, though. That uh, So Hard, Hardcore Gaming 101 has like a side-to-side comparison of the original boss and the boss in East Origin, which is pretty nice. It is. I mean, this is a good, that's a really good site for any multitude of reasons. But Yeah. Of course, the very idea that this game, which... I don't want to try and play with a touch screen <laughs> has been put on mobile. Ugh. Why? I mean, I, I know you can use controllers with mobile, but 
that means you're carrying around a controller with your phone. If, yeah, and why, would, so- why don't you just take around an actual handheld gaming device with real buttons? The, a super fast-paced game like this, requiring lots of skill, and you're going to put it on this tiny little screen? We can barely see what the heck you're doing? I, I don't understand. And look at it. So ugly on the mobile version. Well, I normally wouldn't harp on it, but you can see how it's supposed to look versus the mobile version. Ugh. Well, this is this is Falcom. If you have if you have a platform, they will port <laughs> something to it, or that's, you know, sell the license true. for someone uh, else to port it. Xanadu Next, which I played when was that last fall? We already had an English version of that. <laughs> it was on the Engage. <laughs> oh. Good old N-Gage. Words, a combination of words rarely uttered in the English language, or any language. All right. Uh, yeah, do we, I don't necessarily have anything more to say about E's Origin, except that I enjoyed it enough to play it through all three times, and it's it's a short enough game that that's not too much of a commitment yeah. to ask. It's, it's an absolutely fine game. PS4 port is good. Hopefully the Vita port turns out okay. Um... Yeah, it's um, the story is interesting. It doesn't. It's a little slow at the beginning, but once you get into it, it things kind of move quickly. And yeah, it's I really have little to no complaints about this game. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame that you have to play through it twice in order to get to the best story mode, which is the claw, since he's working yeah. with the bad guys. I I do feel like in comparison to like E six and. Uh, Oath and Fulgana, the two games that use like the same engine. It, it does feel like, you know, uh, the environments are certainly varying and whatnot, but it just feels kind of confined. Um, yeah, probably. I, I again, really, it's I, in the tower. Yeah, I don't really know a good way to explain it, because it's not like you're going through a bunch of the boring-looking floors or anything. It just doesn't... It feels less of like that ad- adventure that you would normally get with an East game. But... Huh? I, I mean, mean, there's a there's a rough size that each floor will maintain, and we can't really vary from that, or else the tower would collapse. Yeah, but I mean, all things considered, it probably is maybe the best of those three. You know, I'd probably I'd have to play through probably all three of them back to back to really come to a decision there. But you know, having the three characters, and they're all in English on Windows now, so that's not yeah. too difficult. Yeah, it's uh, this is very much the golden ace, golden age of East in the West. Thank you, Exceed. Yes, thank you, Exceed. You've done fine work. Uh, despite people whining, I'm sure NIS is going to do fine with East Eight. So keep supporting this series, people. It's just it's been an awesome time to be an East fan. Yep, yep. Oh, and did we mention the soundtrack is awesome? Why? Kind of goes without saying. Why? Why? Why are we mentioning that it's awesome? Because, um, well, we usually don't need to say that with ease music, but yeah. uh, it, this this one's a little special because you get a lot of remixes of classic music. Music. So for uh, big fans of the series, it's 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 definitely really good. And one of the nice things about the uh, PC copy I imported of this is it came with the two disc soundtrack. It's fantastic. Why? Phil, have you Why drunk not? enough have you drunk enough to become two years old all over again tonight? What's going on here? Why? Why? 
Why is there an oath in Felgana? Mm. Why? Well, that boils down... The roots of this begin back when Falcom made Ease 3, which was in multiple versions and was a different type of game because it was a side-scrolling platformer. And a lot of people said it stank, which I guess depends upon the version you played. I played the Genesis version, which was all right. I never played the Super Nintendo version, which was apparently... They're all pretty bad. (laughs) Pro tip, they're all pretty bad. I gather the Super Nintendo version was worse than the Genesis one, though. Oh, my God, yes. It was awful. That was, I think, one of the weird experiences with the series that kept me away for years. The other being that... um, you know, I was messing around with emulators at the time, and was like, oh, I've heard of East. Let me try this ROM of East 1 for NES. <laughs> yeah. East 1 on NES? I don't even remember yes. what that version is. It was a god-awful port. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Should have tried the Master System version of East 1. I've played it. Let me guess, it's better than the NES one. No, it's just as bad. It's an abomination. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why have you talked over my introduction of why is the Oath and Fogana? <laughs> Developed by Nihon Falcom Corporation. Published in North America by Xseed and not Marvelous this time. This was released on the PSP in North America on November 2nd, 2010. Another mind-blowing drumroll here. Single-player action RPG experience. And let's see, the Japanese original was in 2005, I believe. Something like that. And when so that, the... ex- that explains why it uses pretty much the same engine as E's Origin. I forget where the... Uh, when the original PC version came out. I'm just going to consult Hardcore Gaming again. It says... July 4th, 2005. Um, Nice. So this game I actually played in English with the fan translation that I was used, eventually used as a base for this English release. Um, And it's pretty much what got me into the series. And thankfully it was timed right around when Xyz started publishing the game. So good times. This is my favorite game in the series. Now, I I can't claim to remember Ease 3 on Genesis particularly well, but I can say, yes, you can tell that it's somewhat based on that. You can also tell that Falcom changed an awful lot and yeah. improved it considerably. So it uses, obviously, the same base story. It uses the same locations, and then it, you know, throws out all the gameplay from the original completely and remixes and uses uh, the same soundtrack as well. Uh, like a complete redoing of the soundtrack, that is. And it sounds pretty darn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just some amazing, amazing tracks in this game. And I distinctly remember that the original, the game I played on Genesis was not very long. This is considerably bigger and it's mostly been beefed up with gameplay additions. The areas are much bigger, and they're interesting to go through. Very interesting. It it was pretty much a few screens in some areas on the Genesis, and that is much... That is definitely not the case anymore. No. (laughs) And even, like, the the first... 
the first real area, the the mine is just like almost labyrinth. Well, am I trying to say here? Labyrinthine, labyrinthine. I can't say that. That works. Name. Yeah. Yeah. It is not a straight path. No. Where you will be hard pressed to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and it even has several areas where the the lighting dims, so that you have to look more closely at your surroundings, and it's got. Not, not frustrating platforming, but interesting platforming. Yeah, it's good, and it's got a bit more than uh, you know. We mentioned that Origin has, has some. This has a bit more, and I believe it especially has some where you have to kind of use some of the the skills you get. Um, and it moves fast. Very fast. Holy. The initial PC release of Ease, The Oath and Felgana contains a 7-CD box set with almost all of the music available for Ease 3. Oh, wow. what? That's got to be like every version of that soundtrack, though. Well, yeah, there are, this has come out in a lot of versions. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is... And there are people who fight over whether this version is... This version's soundtrack is superior or inferior to the original because the tunes are pretty good no matter which way you go. Yeah. I think a lot of that's just going to come down to preference. And for me, it's this one, um, and eh, probably a bit of that is just like matching it up with, obviously, what I find to be the absolute far and away best version of the game, obviously. And look at this. Look down there. Again, there's a mobile version. Why? Falcom. All right, Falcom, we're going to have to have a serious talk. Look at those screenshots. It exists. Don't touch me because I'm mobile. I refuse to identify uh, that with a response. And again, it it looks yeah, this really one looks nice. Worse. On this, this one looks worse than the freaking Origins one. My God. And of course, this is another game you do not want to play with a touch screen. No, no. God, no. Why? I don't think you could beat it on very easy with a touch screen, let alone... Probably ugh. not, no. So gameplay-wise, it's pretty much the same as Ease Origin, with a bit more platforming. Yeah, skills are a bit different. considerably more openness in the world. Yeah. And you are playing as Adol this time, instead of Unica and Hugo and the Cross. <laughs> and there are a small number of secrets you can kind of go back to previous areas to unlock after you get more of the skills and stuff. Not a huge amount, but... Um, Enough that it's fun to kind of wander back to some of the past areas. And let's uh, see, when did I play through this? Uh, some absolutely fantastic bosses as well. Um, huh. I see that XC put an achievement for killing 500 of a certain enemy in, which <laughs> I do. I'm Oh well. And it put an achievement for killing 2,000 of a certain enemy. That's bizarre. That is the nature of achievements. <laughs> and apparently, yeah, I only spent seven hours on it, so I didn't get the achievement for spending over ten hours in a single playthrough. Uh, oh, well. Yeah, it's, it's not a very long game, which is fine. It, it's significantly longer than the original Ease 3, and I, I counted no filler in it. No, it's, it's pretty lean and mean. Get the story, you get going... Story uh, bits happen as you go along. Boom! Final boss credits. Good times. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like 
it's good memories. Which makes me ask you why. Phil, we're not stop, Phil, we're not done with this. Why about me- Yeah, like you're no, to you're done. Much. We're moving yeah. on. No. We have we like five more games and it's already ten o'clock. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the story. I it's like two lines of Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, or something. And interestingly the demon mentions like winged people from East. Uh, it's one of the few that references East itself. And yeah. There's considerably more dialogue than the original Ease 3. It makes considerably more sense. Then again, the original Ease 3 came out in the early 90s when your action RPGs didn't have to make sense. You would just go out and kill things and you didn't necessarily care why. Um, I do recall that the sinister Chester is... he He gets a little more shading here so that he's not simply a jerk whose sister begs you not to kill him, and then he fights you, so you have to kill him anyway. <laughs> no, definitely far better in this one. And a very difficult boss fight, as I recall. I You're right. I'm on it very many times. And the final boss, which I really liked, requires you to use all the different magic skills and kind of combine uh, all the skills you've learned in the game, learned and hopefully mastered, and uh, yes, yeah, one of the one of the best final boss fights I think I've ever played in an action RPG for sure. Yeah, and while I played it, I did dimly remember fighting this same thing in the Genesis Ease Three. Except that I eventually came up with a stupid. I had maxed the level, and the Genesis Ease Three, I had to choose between having the ring that doubles your offense or having the ring that doubles your defense and I think I went for the offense and managed to kill it right before dying because there there really was no strategy there. It There wasn't enough room to dodge. You just had to hope that you could kill it really fast before it killed you. And there is definitely a strategy in this version. Most assuredly. Yes. It has multiple phases. You will have to pay attention to what it is doing. You will be moving around a lot. I still can't remember what it's called, but it doesn't really matter. It's a big demon thing. Eye thing, yeah. Yeah, demon thing. It's trying to come back. As is the way of many long sealed demon things, they just try to come back, and you have to stop them because otherwise, bad stuff happens. And there is an absolutely rocking tune that plays while you're doing that boss fight as well. That is true. But then there's almost always in that game awesome rocking tunes playing, so I guess that's not all that different from normal. I especially love the music in the uh, castle dungeon. The one, I think, what is it called? Something to do Val- with Gears, I think is the name of yeah. it. Yeah, it's Valentine Castle. I forget the name of the song, but yeah, I absolutely love this game. It rocks. I definitely had a blast playing it. Yeah. Could pretty much at any time just fire it up and start playing it again. It's you know one of those nice short RPGs, uh, something like although this one's slightly longer, uh, you know like Link to the Past. Not super long, something you can just kind of pick up and play, and you know waste a small number of hours on. Yeah, my playthrough says seven hours, and I'm sure since that was my first time, I can whittle it down. Yeah. Yeah, I'd actually like to see how, how much I can whittle that down, although I'd probably have to not play it on hard to get anything good. <laughs> probably. You're taking too much time dodging. That's, yes. That's your problem. All right. I think I think Phil's impatience can now be satisfied. Yes. I'm so tired of your memories. 
You can't even remember how to pronounce this series. Why? You know why. It's all about whys. And you know it's all about whys. You can't handle the truth. That's true. It's all about whys. Uh, Alright, so what are, where are we going now? Uh, looks like we're going to wise memories of Kelketa. Kelenet. Ah, the one that I'm in the middle of right now. Another Nihon Falcom XC game. Is this one a, is this one Vita? It is. is. It says Vita on here. Vita it says. only. It's Vita. Yeah, it must be right. Right? It is Vita released in North America on November 26, 2013. An action RPG single player adventure. And this would be the fourth version of Ease 4. <laughs> is it the fourth counting, the, counting the the weird Taito PS2 redo of it, which never oh, came out oh, oh, I forgot about that one. I haven't played it because getting PS2 imports to play is a pain, and I've only done it yeah. a few times. And yes, there were two versions of Ease 4 back in the day on the glorious Turbo Duo and the Super Nintendo. I played the Super Nintendo one because I don't have a Turbo Duo, even if I would like one. They're expensive. Supposedly, the Turbo Duo one is the better one, even though it is not the canon story. That is what I hear, and yet, again, I... (laughs) Turbo Duo. Do you want to buy me a Turbo Duo, Mr. Apps? No. Dang it. I own a copy of East 4 for Turbo Duo, though. Do you have the system? No, I play it using an <laughs> emulator. Okay. <laughs> I guess I can't fault you for that, because Turbo Duos, geez, they run. Yeah, and I've heard they are prone to failure as well. So, at least at least I have the actual game Yeah. that I'm using with the emulator, and not just, you know, downloading it somewhere. So I was not able to play the version of Ease 4 where you got to go back to the Tower of Darm. <laughs> Instead, I got to play the Super Nintendo one, which had no character Yay. portraits and had poison added, which was a strange choice for an Ease game. <laughs> and now I'm playing this version on the Vita, which is, I think, superior to the earlier renditions. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Far and away. We are pretty much taking the base of E7 and making some tweaks to it. Yes, some needed, for sure. I like how quickly you gain points for your spe- for your skill usage here. It's amazingly fast. Yes. And quite, quite useful here because it's got a much bigger world with many more monsters wanting to murder you. And now you have... You have this, uh, what is it, the flash da- flash move, the flash guard, the flash dance? Yes. <laughs> well, one of them is if you guard at just the right moment, but the other one is if you dodge at just the right moment, and I can't remember what that one's called. Uh, flash something, but basically uh, skillful dodges get you, like, what does it do? <laughs> I don't remember what it does. It slows time down for a minute so that That's the right. enemy doesn't move much and you can wail on it for a second. That's right. So, essentially, it rewards you for not being horrible. You know what? There are many. There are much worse things it could do. True. And I think this game does a nice job of kind of updating the graphical look of E7. Yeah. Char- I, characters seem maybe, to have a lot of personality and animation. Maybe I'm just not too familiar with my uh, Vita stuff at this point, but I think it looks quite nice on Vita. It does. 
And yeah, you are actually tasked with mapping the entire world early on. And what am I about? I'm something like 44% at the moment. And that doesn't count all the dungeons that are separate from the world map. And you know what? That's a pretty effective means of getting you to get to run around and scout the whole place out. Yeah. What's kind of funny about this is, uh, so it's essentially um, a smaller area than E7, since E7 was supposed to be like this whole giant country, and yet it's many times larger. Well, again, we're just supposed to understand that there's this forest, and because it's really mystifying, no one ever goes into it, so we don't know what's in there. That is definitely what people do. When they hear that things are really mystifying, they stay away. (laughs) No one ever comes out of this forest, so you promptly go in the forest and come out of it quite often to get more supplies. And the only other people who go in there, at least so far, are, what's his face, the the Roman commander with a top knot who acts like a bumbling fool, and his two goofball sidekick soldiers who... Are they doing some kind of a Cheech and Chong thing? I can't tell. Maybe that was in, maybe that was in Lost in Translation. Could be. But I could definitely see their dialogue being spoken by Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Having said that... Adel's not home, man. No, he lost his memory. He did. And he didn't crash a, crash a ship. No, he just walked out of the jungle, out of the forest, and he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't even remember crashing those ships. I gather Dogie isn't in the game at all, so we're no, not going to have any wall breaking. You get not Dogie, who even has a name that begins with D. Yes, his na- his name is almost, but not quite, that of the the band that gave us Hungry Like the Wolf. <laughs> I kind of feel like they should have just put Dogie in this game. Like, if you're just going to make someone that looks and plays just like him, just put Dogie in the game. Come on. You'd have to ask Falcom what was going on there. <sighs> Who knows? Now, I, I thought that Dogie was in the original East 4, but it could be in the, non, uh, the non-canon the non version, so I, I don't know. I'm going to send Hardcore Gaming to the rescue again. Oh, hardcore Gaming. So useful. Yeah, just scroll down there and check that character artwork comparisons area. It'll show you that, yeah, he was in all the earlier versions, but not the Vita. That is weird. And not Dogie, a.k.a. Duren Duren, was in the the 16-bit versions, but not the (laughs) PS2 version. What? Hey, I I don't know why. I'm so confused. Also, look at how psychotic Eldiel, our central villain, looks in the PC Engine shot. Oh dear! I think he's trying to stare us in, to stare us down. And he does not look evil at all in the PlayStation Two version. No, he looks more like he wandered out of a clamp manga. <laughs> anyway, it moves fast. You use your skills. You whack things a lot. You again got the enemies that are weak to variety to a variety of weapon types. Although it does add characters a bit more slowly, I just lost my third character again, so I guess I'm back to just two <laughs> for a while. Well, that stinks because with three characters, you can have you can either have enemies drop rare items more often or 
there's some other bonus you can get, and I can't remember what it is right now. And that's basically a third HP bar as well. Yeah, because enemies are honestly terrible at hitting any, the person, the people who are not currently being controlled. Yeah. And you'll be grateful for that, because again, these are nasty bosses. They are. What was I just and fighting? And I, I just really fighting. feel like uh, like the the base areas as well are a lot nastier than they were in E7. Because there's like a well, lot of random giant enemies you can run into while just wandering around. Yeah, I gained some levels, got, upgraded my weapons, and still had trouble taking on a couple of those giant monkey things. To the point where I'm just going to run by them for a while until I can actually take them down with regularity. And, yeah, I just went through the dungeon that floods as you knock holes in it. And that was interesting because it was actually three-dimensional. You know, most dimension, most dungeons in most games, you just have two dimensions. This one doesn't. Yeah. Got to swim around and go through the holes in the wall to find the places you haven't been. I liked it. Oh, it's just all around a well-designed game, and it really feels like uh, they learned a lot of lessons from E7. It's not as verbose. No. Gets you into the action quicker, if I recall right. It does. The memories are actually kind of interesting, and most of them don't take that long. They show you Adol as a kid? I've yeah. never seen that before. They show you Adol talking. It's interesting. Not in the game, but in the flashbacks. Right, right. And, again, it's a really worthwhile score. Rocks... A cut appropriately rocks you to the bone. It does. And on that note, I'm glad that they finally got this game playable on the uh, PlayStation TV so you can uh, possibly play this game on something with a bit of a better sound system. Although, if you just plug some headphones into the Vita, you'll be fine. Headphones are good. Yeah. I've had a pair of headphones ever since I got a GBA way back when, because let's face it, that sound yeah. system was not equal. Yeah. I had the GBA SP, so I had to get bizarre headphones. Ah, the headphone <laughs> adapter, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. It was better in many ways, but not that. Nope. And I can't speak too much more about it yet, just because, you know, I'm in the middle of it. And but I, I'm enjoying what I'm playing. Not played it in quite some time. But it's just good. I mean, that, that's kind of the thing for a lot of these. It's, there's not much you need to explain. It's strong, well-designed action RPG stories with just enough to keep you going, and they're just fun. You know, they're not, like, bogged down in a lot of the nonsense many action RPGs uh, I play and get annoyed by are. I want you, know, you to remember that statement for later on. <laughs> I'm very frightened by that. <laughs> I don't think he'll bring up anything that has caused you nightmares, but I, I'm not sure on that. <laughs> um, the, th- the things that have caused you nightmares have also caused Phil nightmares, so I don't think he would do that to himself as well. That's true. Uh, yeah, just fun times with East. No, if- another Rock and Ease game? Good showing on the Vita gives you a good reason to break out the Vita. I mean, you have plenty of reasons to break out the Vita. I'm finding yeah. that with every game that I put on the thing. There's so many. Like, I'm collecting physical Vita games and, um, yeah, many, many awesome games. But, yeah, um, 
you know, what what I always liked about the E series is it's kind of uh, like action RPG light, like not necessarily meaning they're overly simple, just meaning there's not a ton of like overly complex systems. It leans more to the action side side of things. So the RPG I, is important. You you yes. need to upgrade your equipment, and levels will be critical because otherwise uh, you will be killed with the greatest of ease. Yeah, but. It does not bog you down in, man- in mundane systems all over the place. You want to get out there and kill stuff, you get to do it. Yeah, and you have to be good at killing stuff too, unless, of course, you're playing on easy, which is a nice option to have for those that want it. But, you know, I... I, I like our site's boss? Yes. <laughs> but I, I've just played so many action RPGs where you're just kind of, like, mundanely slicing through enemies, and it just bores me to no end. And, you know... Too too many action RPGs forget the importance of the action side of that equation and instead are just like, you know, slow turn-based RPGs in real time or place no importance on difficulty so you don't really have to... There's no skill required, you know. And action games are really a, a skill-based genre and when you're, when you're mixing these two genres together, it... it it's important not to um, just leave that aspect of action games behind. And I, I have just played way too many boring action RPGs. Yeah, it, way, it's way really hard much. to get the balance right for many It games. is. And I think this series in particular has done a good job of keeping that balance. Like I said, obviously it leans more towards the action side, but... Um, you know, it, if you try and approach it as simply an action game, you will fail. Yeah, and if you try to approach it, unless you're playing on super easy mode, as <laughs> a game where you can just hack through anything and not dodge or pay any attention to your HP total, you will fail, especially on the bosses, which will just crush you. <laughs> yeah, the days when you couldn't heal at all during a boss fight are gone, but that does not mean they have become wimps. Right. Right, you know, and and that's another thing about some of the action RPGs I complain about is often a boss battle is just like a HP sponge you run up to and have to hit to and maybe occasionally move away from attack. Whereas here, you have to closely pay attention to their patterns. Uh, some of them may have weak, may not be, uh, may not take any damage until a certain weak point opens, uh, and things like that. So, yeah, love me some ease. Well, I think hmm. the next one we're talking about, which will be brief, we will show that... All this action, there's just not enough strategy. <laughs> That's why I have to ask why. Why strategy? A Nintendo DS 4X real-time strategy game developed by Future <laughs> Creates and uh, released by Rystar Games, because everyone's heard of them. Uh, released it in, was never released in North America. Not in North America. In Europe, November 17, 2006. Existed. Yeah, Australia, December 7, 2006. It's too hardcore for Americans. Why would you bring this thing Sing- up? Single player, <laughs> real-time strategy game that makes you ask, why? Why would you bring it up? Why? Because it shows that Ease did not need to go here, and should have stuck to what it knows best. And it wasn't even developed by Falcom. I no, don't think. it wasn't. And I don't think it actually has Adol. It stars Abel. 
who has red hair and God, this looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, I um, I more or less interjected this so that we could be closer to comprehensive and also just say, in case you ever wondered what happens if Ease does something really different, well, you you should be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Oh, hey, it was published by Marvelous in Japan. Here you go, Marvelous! <laughs> Move it on. <laughs> Why? Of course, you always wanted a super slow, clunky for, you RTS know, I, game on the DS. RTS games and real-time strategy games, like there was an Age of Empires and a few others on the NDS and stuff, were just civilization and such, just horrible uh, compared to just, just play... Those things were meant to be played on the PC. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, Ease... I think it would still be better than Heroes of Mana, though. Oh, boy. Ease the Ark of Nepotism. Published. Developed. <laughs> developed by a bunch of people in Konami <laughs> doing nepotistic things together. Published by uh, XC Games. Uh, if you're looking at the PC versions anyways, Konami on the PS2 and PSP. Uh, this was released on the PlayStation 2 in North America, February 22nd, 2005. The PSP, February 20th, 2006. And uh, Windows, April 28th, 2015. This is another single-player action RPG about sleeping with your siblings. I believe you mean incest. Yeah. The arc nepotism of nepotism. are not the same thing, though. Yeah, it is after you've had a few of these bad babies, Devastator. I don't think we should be playing this to your family members anytime soon, Phil. Woo! Anyway, I mostly included this because we have the PC version in English now. Yes. The, the PS2 version, which I played a number of years ago, we covered back on our very first E show. And it's not the same as Falcom's PC version, although it's similar. And a different lo- localization as well, obviously. Yeah, I I can't remember it very well, but I understand there was quite a bit of clunky voice acting on the PS2. Yeah. You will not get that on PC. Text only, and we're fine with that. Yeah, and there was a originally a fan translation of this, uh, the PC version, I mean, and the guy that worked on that is an Exceed employee now, of course, so... Uh, I'm sure, I believe they used that as a base and refined it, so that was pretty nice. I think I can even guess which person it is. He's chimed in on our forums, hasn't he? He has. His name is escaping me, because I'm terrible at remembering names. Thomas Lipschultz, isn't it? Yep, that's the one. Um, I really like the PC version of E6. Just, um, I was never a huge fan of the art style on the PS2 version. I think they play roughly the same but just uh the nice sprite work um on the pc version uh which obviously matches odinfogana and origins more closely uh i just you know i like that style better and obviously having now having improved localization is nice as well so and having played both versions i can say that the frame rate is much prettier on pc than it was on ps2 yeah and especially and both are bit much better than the PSP version, which had horrific loading times. That is, uh, yeah. That's, why, why would you do that to yourself? It's portable, I guess. 
Yeah, well, I've got it on my laptop, and I can take that if necessary. That's true. It's not as portable as a PSP, but it's also much better than having to endure yeah 30 second load i think i remember reading about this yeah it's, the load it's times bad scene and they're everywhere and for a you know a fast-paced game that just just ruins all the pacing of the game you get a level it has to load that's ugh yeah Un- unacceptable not that load times are ever something to re- to look forward to but blah long loading times don't ask why but yeah, overall, really good game. Uh, we mentioned Gaze, aka the guy from E6. Well, yeah. here he is, the guy yeah. from E6 in E6, and he provides some fun battles. And, and uh, let's see, there's a what is it? the The city at the core of the islands is malfunctioning and trying to blow up the world or something. That yep. Essentially, basic e story. Bad things happening. Uh, Adel gets to stop him. Yep, and yes, Adel does uh, wreck a ship to end up on this island. Oh, and he Perf- fights some Roman soldiers this time. Yeah, this is that basically is a Roman like, general with uh, what looks to be something that the Ninja Turtles would have done battle with once upon a time as a pet. This is kind of like uh, Lost if it happened in the East universe. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, combat not quite as refined as the games that would immediately follow it, and kind of the skills you get. Um, I forget what the exact mechanic was. It's just like a meter that fills up very slowly before you can use your skills. Not yeah, that... you just have to use your basic combo most of the time, which fortunately will do the job. Yeah. So not quite as advanced as the next two games, but fine enough, and it's yeah, fast-paced, fun game. Uh, and, I mean, if, and you can play it in several methods now, and yeah. I see no reason not to. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the PS2 version. PC version is nice. Um, you can probably leave the PSP version, though. <laughs> unless you're playing it by via illicit methods that let you avoid the loading times, it is not worth your time. Because it will waste your time. Lots of it. Lots and lots of it. Gotta load up that adventure. Do-do-do-do-do. Let's go back to the past. Let's chronicle the first time we asked why. And maybe even the second time we asked why. <laughs> With Wise 1 and 2 Chronicles Plus. This, I, you know what? Uh, this, was, this was something about Nihon, Falcom, Company, Marvelous <laughs> X. Who cares? Uh, this, this is an action RPG. It's the same thing as all of the rest, except for that one strategy game that we kind of glazed oh, over. This, 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 this was released. On the PC, anyways, on February 14th, 2013. And it's essentially the first E's and second E's all Bump over combat. again. With combat. Bump combat. Bump combat. Bump it. Yep, this is when you go back and see, this is how E's began. You attack buttons were for other games. Attack E's, you In E's, you find out the right angle to hit things. And I don't mean the right angle to hit the attack button, I mean the right angle to bump into them. <laughs> Which is actually very, very pertinent advice for everyone in in everyday life. Yeah. If you bump into people from the right angle, you'll knock them down and steal their money. And if you bump into them from the wrong angle, you will trip and fracture your skull on the pavement. Mm-hmm. This may not be 
necessarily a wise thing to do, but it is a thing to do. <laughs> wise. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm everybody. Sorry. <clears throat> and yes, you get to fight Dark Fact in Ease Yay. One. Although get apparently he has Dark Fact. <laughs> apparently he has other translations. If people feel more freelance, such as Dark Ducked or Dulk Fucked. <laughs> Oh dear! And and that's F U K T. I can't think of another way to pronounce it though. Swear language on backtrack. <laughs> so this is a very nice looking version of the original games, though I think I still prefer the Turbo Duo version. Which you could you should probably get on the virt- virtual console now. It's yeah. But I mean, either way, these are. Pretty fun and simple games. Uh, I'm not really going to try and sell Bump Combat in anyone, um, but if you can get into it, uh, they're they're very entertaining games even still. Bump uh, Combat, little kinky. <laughs> Falcom has been re-releasing this game nonstop over the years, so it's pretty well refined at this point. This is like the twelfth or twentieth or who the hell knows version. Um, of l- let's see here. PC-88, PC-98, X1 Turbo, FM7, MSX2, Famicom, TurboGrafx-16CD, IBM PC, Saturn, Mobile, Windows, PS2, DS, PSP, Wii. I shouldn't have I should have been counting that, but I wasn't. I think we missed a... Uh, did you say Sega Master System? I did not. Dang it. Oh, an Apple II GS. We mustn't forget that. <laughs> oh. That's because it's a classic. <laughs> Bump are Combat all, Kinky. Are all classic games on the Apple II GS? Probably. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes, this is uh, I the most recent rendition of Ease 1 and 2, removing many of the frustrations inherent if you try to play the older versions. Yes. Such as, for instance, the NES and Master System versions that you mentioned. <laughs> mm, don't play those ever. Yeah, I don't think there's that much to say about these games. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we could run through everything you do in Ease One and Ease Two, but we did that before. This is yeah. If you know, moving on combat. on the bark tack. <laughs> bump save, combat. Save blue-haired anime goddesses, uh, flying city. Getting ready stuff. for a long final. Oh yeah, that, there's quest. that there's that part where you uh, pretend to be a monster and you talk to the monsters. That's actually pretty neat. Well, come on, you don't hear that too often even now. No. And yes, you fight the guy who you also fought in Ease Origin. See? We made it we made it circle around. It's the circle of Ease. Wise. <laughs> and apparently there's an Ease 2 which was made only in Korea or South Korea, and is kind of interesting because it adds a bunch. And um... oh, there's there's a lot of weird versions. Like I could spend a while talking about how weird the uh, DS version of one and two are. East two special. That's it. <laughs> it's very special. On, on South Korean PCs in 1994, and it actually added a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, it's on a South Korean machine from 1994, so getting it to work will be, wow, a pain. (laughs) 
Oh, and apparently, even for, considering that, it has horrendous bugs everywhere. <laughs> That's, wow. Anyway, you either know about Ease 1 and 2, or you don't. And there are plenty of ways to let you find out about them. And yeah. this is about the best one you can get right now. Yeah, they are historical curiosities at the worst, and worth checking out. Okay. So you got so many different ways to check some of these things out. Like on mobile, the best no, way to experience no. all of the why. No? Are you on your phone right now looking to buy them, Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the mobile devices. Because that's all I keep hearing is that handheld gaming is going away. Because, boy, mobile devices. Oh, Oh, Which the Switch is in a dedicated handheld. They've been saying that since, like, the and, DS. And we know, you know, Sony took it in the pants with the Vita, so, yeah, Actually, it's going this away. This sounds like something that should be on ATB. Or maybe Q&A Quest. Yeah, what's up with that, huh? What are they doing? There you go. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anywho, we're going to take a teeny tiny break. While we ask ourselves why we did this podcast to begin with. And uh, we'll be back to wrap it up with a very expansive final lap. bunch of kitchen sink stuff and apps and i have long debates uh hey uh you know sometimes we do uh, a blast in the recent past i just wanted to we're kind of squeezing over at this time because we're trying to get through all this other stuff and we're running out of time but i do want to make a, a shout out for the one of the games on the list codenamed steam uh developed by intelligence systems nintendo spd Released on the Nintendo 3DS in North America on March 13th, 2015, about two years ago, yesterday. This is a, <laughs> a single player, it says multiplayer as well, but I played single player turn based strategy RPG for your handheld system. Boys and girls, you need to go check this out. You need to find it. You need to hunt it down. It's a really, really fun and creative uh, game. Just really is. Don't you agree, Mr. Apps? Yes. Great voice acting. Awesome battles. Great graphics. Absolutely fun time. Yeah. 
It's just, it's really, really cool. Uh, very stylized, kind of like a, a comic book. And, and and you're fighting alongside everybody from Abraham Lincoln to Jack Henry. And it's just, it's just fun. It's just a really, really fun time. And you can actually get off of Amazon for like 10 bucks. So what the hell are insane. you waiting for? That's insane. Go out and get it. Just so much creativity put into this game, and it's a super fun time, especially if you're a fan of games like XCOM or whatnot. It's just it's just a lot of fun, so go and check that out. Uh, comments from our last show. Watch out for Claptrap, just one from Mr. Budai. He said the 3DS, because we also had kind of like a sidebar about uh, Dragon Quest Eight. He said the 3DS version of Dragon Quest Eight is a lot more of a visual downgrade than many are giving it credit for, but it does look nice for a 3DS game. So, and that was kind of one of the things I was wondering. I mean, I have both, so you think I could just sit down one day if I'm bored and compare them side by side, but... I guess I you haven't been that bored yet. I haven't been that bored yet, no. And we're going to talk about why in a bit. But, uh, yeah, I have Dragon Quest Eight on the PS2, and, and, and as I mentioned before, when I popped it in again not too long ago, it's like, dang, because of the cel-shaded approach and whatnot, it still looks good today. And so my, my concern about the 3DS version is, yes, I get it. It's got more content, more characters and whatnot, and you know some of the things, uh, some quality of life improvements like faster combat and the such. But I did worry about the graphics because I'm not a huge fan of the graphic fidelity of the, three, of the 3DS. It doesn't help that I've got the new 3DS, which is the XL, which just stretches out the low resolution. Yeah. Reminds me of the first time that I played a PlayStation 1 game on a modern flat screen TV. <laughs> when you stretch out that low resolution, it just, it's horrible. Anywho, but that's the only comment we had. So, you too can leave a, your comms, comments about any of our shows at forums.rpgamer.com. Though, if you want them, want us to read on there, you should really just kind of comment on whatever the latest show thread is. Even if you're listening to older shows, just mention the older show and what episode it is. and But put it into the whatever the newest thread is going on because because we don't like necromancy on our really old threads at, uh, at rp gamer you get your hand slapped by pause um okay. no you get your hand slapped by me or, or cassandra by, now yeah, cassandra does pause not do any more hand slapping on necromancy because that's nope because no. she's not on the forums much anymore yeah uh all right so, the round table where we kind of talk about what we've been doing and what we've been playing and whatnot. Uh, I feel like I should start with Mr. Mickey this time. Well, aside from E's memories in Celsetta, I don't say I've been playing that much. Oh, yeah, I did continue with the some of the post-game stuff in Dragon Quest Eight just because. And I gotta say that going through the Dragovian stuff has been kind of interesting. The story bits that I unearthed were surprising i i did not expect to see what happened there beyond that and memories of celsetta oh yes and i finished e7 just a few days ago which allowed me to speak quite a bit on it earlier tonight um yeah about all i can do is say that logan is a very interesting movie and you might you might like seeing it phil i I know you enjoy your x-men movies heard a lot of good things about it and yes it's r-rated so you get to see violence and you get to hear Patrick Stewart swear like a sailor. Nice. Nothing's 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 cooler than 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 his accent and swearing put together. Make a soul. F you. Yeah, that would be really cool. Of course, uh, Professor Xavier with dementia. That's kind of dangerous. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. Anyway, I don't have a whole lot else right now. So, uh, Mr. Apps, what you got? Yes. Well, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild, and um, yeah, everything kind of got shoved to the side once I started playing that. Including poor um, Horizon, which I also think is quite interesting, and we'll probably get back to very soon. Robot, robot Dinosaur World is quite good. Uh, and I also just went to... Um, well, are we just talking about games we've played now? Pretty much, or what you're doing on site, or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, well, I just went to PAX East, so I got to play some interesting games there. Like, I, I saw uh, a couple of interesting photographs that you had taken there. Yeah, so I got to meet the director and producer of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, and got to play it. And it's look, looking quite nice. I think uh, fans of Final Fantasy XII will end up being quite pleased. Uh, I also played the Kingdom Hearts Giant Mega Collection for PS4, which, um, I don't know, there's not any new content there. So um, if you need those games on your PS4, there they are, and they look pretty. And they totally make sense, right? The, the oh, Kingdom Hearts narrative is sense. now completely organized and effective heavens no but uh not as bad as it used to be i guess uh i also played dragon quest heroes 2 which has some hilarious british voice acting which i wasn't really expecting uh but and it's a, a much better game than the original one which i found pretty uh boring so that's good as well uh so played some interesting Indie games like uh, Pylon Rogue, which is, uh, you know, I haven't actually played Binding of Isaac, but apparently models itself after that and was really neat. So I'm hoping to actually review that game. And let's see, played Masquerada on PS4, which has actually been out on PS4, not PS4, on PC, and we have a review for uh, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. And for like non RPGs, I saw some neat stuff like uh, SteamWorld Dig Two looked really cool. Uh, the new Shovel Knight expansion is awesome. And there was a game called Snake Pass, which is like a platformer based around the physics of a snake, which was really cool. So lots of cool stuff, cool RPGs. Yeah, overall a good time. Unfortunately, I missed out on meeting the uh, enigmatic director of Nier, so that was my only disappointment. Aww. Yeah. Wait, did, did he only direct Nier, or did he also direct Nier Automata? Yeah, all of them. Okay. And the Drakengard games, which um, I think are total trash, so try to forget they exist. I didn't play Drakengard 3. Um, you're... I, I refuse to remember Drakengard 1 and 2. That, that's, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing on the site recently, other than uh, Q&A Quest, obviously. And I did do a beginnings of a series of me playing through uh, Atelier, Atelier games this year, um, which I'll probably get another entry in before the end of the month, once I start the new one. Which... Um, Apparently is not all that great, so not looking that looking forward to playing it at this point. 
there are enough Atelier games that I'm kind of surprised it took this long for a relatively downer one to show up. Yeah, well, I'm wondering if just, you know, they're just kind of... I mean, they're like yearly titles at this point, so they may just go like, like through some growing pains as they try and do new things. No, like they dropped the ball here. Just say it. I, okay, 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 okay. So, I mean, so, so there's games like, there's game there's, there's games where they come on a regular basis and they find, and they fine tune the formula with every release, but sure. the scores stay the same or perhaps even start slipping down just because we're getting a little burned out on it, a la Assassin's Creed. And, and that's, that's one thing. But here, it was like, really bugs in the game? This is like the same freaking engine, the same freaking approach RPG that you guys didn't make it for. Yeah, no, they slipped, they, they fell asleep at the wheel. It's not the same approach though, it's a different approach. Yeah, whatever, fell asleep at the wheel. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Breath of the Wild, lots of Breath of the Wild, more Breath of the Wild. And since I have it on the Switch, uh, I can play it like anywhere, which is bad. It's very, it's very bad. The game, well, of course, I don't mean the game is very bad. I mean, it's very bad that, that yeah. I can dancing anywhere and everywhere and get sucked in. So, yeah. Funny. The game is a masterpiece. Funny. Okay. And now so are I'm going to pe- be reviewing it for the side or is somebody else? Uh, I don't know. If, if we don't have a review up when I finish it, I'll probably write one up. There you go. I don't think we have one yet. It's going to be a while, though, because... Uh, Michael Laps is on it. I think Adrian is said he was going to write a review, but we'll see. Apps is faster. Can be. Yeah. So I'm here to say your your opinion is completely invalid. Sorry. I, I, you're, just, you're not allowed to have an opinion. Well, for once, the majority of people actually agree with me, so I think you're wrong in this one. Film. No, 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 no. See, I, I don't say it's not a great game. It, it probably it's a is. brilliant game. Sure, sure. But Horizon's better. Absolutely unqualified. So I sat down with both games. I got both games. I sat down with both games for four hours. Horizon hooks you. Zelda is like, is like, hey, Link, Zelda's in that castle over there. And so is Ganon. Take care of that. You know, like just about every game. Horizon original story cool setup i want to know what's going to happen next zelda they both have great combat systems they both have beautiful worlds but only one has a story that makes me go what's going to happen next phil you're comparing apples to oranges though no totally the same games no (laughs) horizon is very narrative focused and for good reason, because it's got an awesome story, and though I obviously got distracted and I'm playing something else now, I'm absolutely invested in finding out, you know, what the heck is going on in that world. There's lots of interesting characters, and uh, yeah, but Zelda is not narrative-focused at all. So, I mean, there's, like, interesting characters, interesting backstory, um, but the whole experience is the gameplay, what? Whereas... what? But but Horizon Zero is the total package because it has awesome gameplay. The combat has just like I'm just getting lost in the world looking for things to hunt and kick their ass. 
because the enemies are so interesting. The combat has so many different options in how you handle some of these difficult situations. You can't just go rush again because you think you see some, you know, whatever the hell beast they're called over there that you farm for blaze canisters. And you're like, yeah, those look like easy pickings. Let me take them down. Oh, well, you forgot to pay attention to that huge thunderbirds that were scouring overhead. Now you've got a fight on your hands. It's like the combat is like, yeah, this is what's blowing my mind about this game is that the combat is really good. Well, I think that Zelda is the complete package, too. Like, I'm not saying that um, Link, there's Zelda Castle. Go sick it, boy. Not just that. It's Link. Hey, you've been dead for 100 years and it's discovering what happened you know, who this character you're controlling is, because for once it's not just like some young kid that's becoming the hero. He's already the hero, and you're going back and discovering like who he was, all the things that happened, and kind of like what went wrong. And it's, story-wise, I think it's a very different, interesting, and absolutely fantastic take on the series, and great in general. It's just, it's a different type of story than Horizon. Are you sure? Because, I mean, you pretty much just set the yes. exact same setup as Horizon. Something horrible happened in the past. No, Part it's... of what you're doing is finding out what's happened in the past. What is Aloy's past? What's her role in it? Why is she being targeted? Because that's tying into the past without giving away too many spoilers. Um, there's a lot of past, 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 past on that as well and figuring out what's going on. Sure, but they're very different. <laughs> yes, I guess... If you boil it down to the very basics, there's they're very similar elements, yes. Both I mean, you're right. Like, he did. The king was like, Link, 100 years ago, Calamity Ganon, you were there. You got your ass kicked. Now it's 100 years later, and Zelda is still holding him off. Boy, she's been at that a while. Go take care of that. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing here, right? So Horizon is kind of a guided approach to the story to some extent. Obviously, there's it's an open world. There's lots to explore, but the the narrative is more. I don't want to necessarily use the word linear, but it's more central to the experience. Whereas in Zelda, it's kind of the onus is on you to go and explore. Like, do you know? Uh, I don't know if I'm making this clear at all. Like, Horizon Horizon is going to give you the information as you go through the normal gameplay, whereas Zelda, you can go through the game and not find all that, necessarily find all that story. It's kind of open to you, what you do, what you find out, and... What? You know, I gotta totally scour the word for those little tricorders to get all the missing little juicy bits in between. What are you talking about? What? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of storyline that's strewn throughout the world because there's a bunch of hidden text recordings and all kinds of crap that you got to go find to get all the juicy bits. I guess. Yeah, they're out there. Go explore. Find them. Yeah. Now, I will say, I will say it's kind of interesting. There is, there's one, uh, in playing both, there's, there is one, one notable difference in that, uh, Horizon, you're right, as far as, like, the story's a little bit more linear, it's more structured, like, there's always something pointing in the next direction, which there kind of is in Zelda too. but there's more hand-holding available in Horizon. You can pay for maps uh, and the such that show you where a lot of that hidden crap is at, 
so, but you're still going to have to scour the world for it. it. It isn't like exactly show you where it's at, but it, you know, it gives you a really darn good idea where some of that crap is at. It feels like Horizon definitely makes some of that discovery a bit easier whereas in zelda you get that sense of accomplishment because hell you had to figure it out on your own if you didn't look it up on a back well i think that's part of the thing here right horizon is an rpg it's very much an rpg and zelda is not absolutely is not why it's an adventure game why so why why (laughs) because it's very much it's very much designed around you discovering, you exploring, you finding out. Whereas Horizon isn't necessarily designed around that. It's around story, um, advancing your character, leveling up, things like that. Hmm. So uh, uh, I will say one of the other, and it's a little nitpicking because they're both great games. Uh, I will say that. The other thing was, like, in Horizon, you will gather materials, you will put together arrows, you will put together traps, you'll build quality of life improvements, things like that. Uh, In Zelda, some of that stuff is required to simply survive. When you're climbing up a mountain, you start getting cold. You better have, you know, pick some hot tamales and made a plate of stew off of it so you can survive that cold. Jump into the wrong river, you're dead if you've not taken the proper precautions. Survival is very much an element of Zelda. Yeah. Walk out into very the much. rain, lightning zaps you, have a nice day because you were yeah. wearing metal. And I, I, on one hand, that's kind of cool. On the other hand, it's just like I, I just I, I got to stop because it's raining or I, I was about to get to that dungeon and now I got to go and pick some hot tamales, which granted, I mean, that happens in the horizon. Occasionally you'll fight a boss and you'll realize, you know, I probably could have been better prepared. I probably – he kicked my ass. I should probably go and farm some – xyz to build some better traps or to buy that next bow or whatever so i can better handle this fight um whereas with zelda it's like no i need that just to not die from the snow yeah there's a i'll I'll share so it's just but it's nitpicking because it was both really really cool um it was just i i know my my wife was also sitting there for both games and she for somebody watching too um, there's that perspective as far as like, oh, there's more story in her. But both games are very beautiful. Both games are very fun. I'm playing that on the Wii. So the handheld doesn't factor in for me because I'm playing it on the Wii U. I'm not going right. to buy a Switch because I already have a Wii U. And so there's not enough yet to differentiate the Switch for me to, to make that investment. Um, maybe down the road. Uh, so, yeah, obviously super cool that if you got these games that are both really, really you know, close uh, in quality, but one of them you can take on the road. Uh, obviously, that's that's super super awesome. It's a huge leg up for it. Seriously, yeah. If if you if you put down the dough and the investment to get a switch, the fact that you can just go click click and walk with it and take it to work and play it on your lunch break is is really really cool. Instead, I'm still working through Persona Four Golden on my lunch break. Stupid freaking hidden character yeah. dungeon crap. I'm still bitter about that. Yeah, I'm hitting like start to get past. So that I'm still, as Mike mentioned, I'm still working through Persona 4 Golden because I went back after we after our last discussion, last game or last podcast or the second one before, we talked a little bit more about the the cool endings and stuff. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Persona 5's coming out next month. I've got to get. I, I just got. I got to do it. I got to do it. So I went back and using only, the fact, using the fact, absolutely positively. And you know, there's so much storyline in Persona 4, especially in that last you know few months, and when you're getting into December and the such, 
in Persona 4, if you hit start uh, once or twice, it'll like it's like hitting fast forward on a VCR. The characters start moving really fast and talking really fast, um, and it'll only pause for a second if there's a choice you have to make in the conversation. And even with that quality of life improvement, it still takes forever to get through all the dialogue that I've already been through before. And I'm just like, okay, come on, want to get back to January? Let me after I do what I have to do from the fact in order to save, you know, Marie and the such. Um, so I'm like, come on, come on, come on. But I'm getting there. I'm now back in January. Uh, I have got the ball rolling on Marie. I've talked to the people in Margaret in the Velvet Room. She's looking for Marie for me. And we're going to get Marie saved. And we're also going to find that stupid other freaking hidden dungeon. And we're going to get the golden ending. It's going to happen. Especially since all my characters are like level 88 now. Uh, so, yeah. And I'm on easy. So I'm hoping that even though this... The, the super final dungeon to get the golden ending, uh, I think it's the boss especially, is, is notorious for being somewhat difficult. Um, I'm hoping that with those things behind me, uh, yeah, I should be able to. So, working on that and trying to get that all done before Persona 5 comes out because I got that on pre-order. So, uh, but yeah, both it's such a fun time to be an RP gamer, especially if you like the more action-y games because, yeah, you do have Zelda and you do have Horizon Zero Dawn. And I show that game to everybody you know, both games. And you know what the sad thing is about both those games? Is, is, is whether you show them Horizon Zero Dawn or you show them Zelda, it's like, oh, that looks... You, you get your friends... I'll show them, like, YouTube footage I record and stuff, and they're like, oh, that, that looks super awesome. Unfortunately, I don't have a Wii U slash Switch, or I don't have a PS4. Don't! <laughs> Dark console exclusives. Uh, and I'm like, the closest thing I can think of on the PC is maybe Tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider? I, I don't know. What's the closest I mean, the- thing? What's the closest thing for those games if you don't have... The closest thing is buy one of those systems because they're both system sellers. I know. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely worth it. They're both totally good. And, you know, and I think both systems have really other, you know, good games on just find the purpose to purchase uh, exclusive games, especially the PS4, I think, more than the Wii U, obviously. But I like my Wii U. And the odd thing about both those games is I am not a f- have not been a fan of open-world games. And I think yeah. finally, finally those... Those types of games are coming into their own. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I mean, I've played Oblivion, I've put some time into Skyrim, and none of them have really, really hooked me. Both of these games are hooker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they really, really are. I mean, they're just, they're just, you're right. I think it's kind of like that open world kind of finally came into its own. Um, and and I, you know what? I never got around to The Witcher 3. People say that about The Witcher 3 as well, so I'm not trying to knock on maybe Witcher 3 also did that really well as far as merging maybe some open world with uh, whatever. But but yeah, I mean, on on Horizon or in Zelda, it's like there's a main quest, and, and you can go to that and really enjoy that, or there's so much stuff in the open world you can do to discover. The worlds are huge. There's so many things out there to do, and I find myself you know being equally pulled in either direction. Uh, and just having really fun. Whereas with like, I remember like Oblivion. One of my criticisms was, I don't see why I want to do this main quest anymore. It's very, <laughs> very cliche. Um, yeah. Just there's just I don't really care what's going to happen next. Demons taking over the world. Woohoo! Who cares? Uh, I'm not invested in this. So yeah, no, just just really really great. What 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 really good uh, writing and uh, game design will do. And the combat systems in both games just so much more oh, solid. Yeah. Compared to Oblivion or even Skyrim, um, you just really, you know, like you just sit there and get into fights. You're looking for fights to get into because you can't just rush in there. 
But on both games, you have to really kind of think about what you're doing, think about the mechanics at your disposal, your skills, your spells, or your weapons or whatnot, and plan some of those things out and you get your ass kicked. Yeah, and I mean, the the combat in Zelda really kind of feeds into the whole element of survival in the game because everything hits hard. So you have to, you know, carefully look at each situation and say, um, not just, um, you know, do I have the resources here, but, you know, is it even worth using them on right. this fight? Or should I try and just and when try you think, and avoid combat or get around? And, well, when you think about yeah. that, it's very reminiscent of the first Zelda, because even though you weren't yeah, really fighting absolutely. against the elements, per se, there, you could, you, since it was, it was an open world, you could absolutely go off into harder areas, but you would take so much damage from those fights or, or die and waste time or whatever. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah. And so that, you know, those hard lessons in and of itself taught, you know, would, would guide you as to where to go and what to figure out next and push you to discover other things before pushing into those areas. So there were no hard boundaries, but those those things would definitely um, – and then when you did get not leveled up, but when you found the right equipment, you got enough hard containers and, and whatnot, and then you could cakewalk through those areas, there was definitely that sense of accomplishment. And it, it it had it told, you're right as far as like it had different uh, it had a different feeling than simply I leveled up in an RPG and you know yeah. gained some levels and now I'm higher level than that monster ha 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 it was no I'm equipped now to handle this encounter which you do get to a lesser degree of the horizon. you do level up in Horizon and you do get skill points and unlock new skills uh, and some of those skills absolutely super super handy depending on what you choose. Um, but I, you know, there is also I get new weapons and can handle. Like there is a there's this one area of the map. It's not quite as hard coded as Zelda, but there's this one area of the map that I wanted to go through, but I kept getting attacked by the flying flying birds, and um, and I felt like what I really needed to get through there was a snipe. You know, basically the archer version of the sniper rifle. You know, so once I got that and then I, you know, was able to kind of set that up better and get through that, I kind of felt that sense of accomplishment that you had like back in Zelda when you first were like, oh, that area is really tough. But once you got the red suit and you only took half damage, yeah, like, oh, OK, now I can get through that desert area with those stupid little whatever they're called that come out of the sand stupid in my asses with the flying fairies. <laughs> yeah. So really, really great time. As, uh, if you if you even if you're not a fan of open world games like Mr. Rapp said, you, you really owe it to yourself to try one or both these games, depending on what systems you have. And if you don't have them, consider getting them because, <laughs> man, yeah. uh, it's, cool. it's no longer like just a gimmick. Yeah, I would say would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, because it all, I agree with you. It's, I'm, it kind of feels like the open world thing up to this point has been, you know, kind of a gimmick. I mean, I, for me anyways, like I remember. For me too, yeah. Yeah, the first open world game I played was Daggerfall. Remember that? And you're like, ooh, Ugh. open world. So, wow, that's just mind-blowing. The concept that the world's so big and procedurally generated and the dungeons are randomized. And then I got into it. I'm like, oh, shit, this sucks. I'm going to go back <laughs> to play Final Fantasy VI. You know, just, um, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I had people that, you know, see past the flaws and see past the bugs and still have fun with it. And, and God bless their hearts. Um, but, no, I feel like, no, now it's really compelling. So, cool. Uh, great, great excitement. And then we have Persona 4 coming up. We got Mass Effect Andromeda. Just just a lot of cool things on the horizon. But this is, of course, you, you RPG mean five, five, like Which Lots one? Lots of cool things on the horizon. Horizon. Ah! Uh, yeah, yeah, really cool. So if you're following our Twitter, I'm sure Apps does the same thing. If you're following my Twitter, I did a lot of screenshots. 
One of the cool things about Horizon Zero Dawn too is when you go into screenshot mode, you can actually you can actually have a lot of tools at your disposal. What time of day is this shot? Do you want to take this shot? Where you know what kind of filtering do you want? Da, 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 da. So that's pretty cool. So I did that on like a Thunderbird. I did a daytime shot and a nighttime shot. Very dynamically different because the lights on the bird are different. So uh, pretty Don't cool. Don't you want to play Cosmic Star Heroine, Phil? That's finally coming out. Woo! I've got this coming out soon. Yeah, screw uh, Persona Five. Games. Yeah, Persona Five. I meant yeah, screw Persona Five. Uh, shoot. So a lot of cool things, but of course an RP track check with your things. But I'm sorry, I'm kind of excited. I think there's just so many really cool things coming out this month, next month. It's a good just, year for RPGs. It is just it's just kind of insane, really, is what it I is. Mean, just this past month, past month, we may have had like two of the best. RPGs of all time. Of all time, and yeah. I don't think I don't think that's exaggerating at all. No, no, like, holy cow, no! I mean, jeez, just just really, really cool. I mean, Zelda going back to its roots, and how many times have we all said that? Like, yo, there's too much <laughs> hand holding. I mean, even from Zelda: Ocarina of Time is like that. We kind of all joked about, hey, listen. You know, and Navi leading you by the nose everywhere and stuff like that and kind of groaning a little bit. But then it kind of got worse and worse with future future iterations. Skyward Sword, anybody? You know, just just saying. I love Skyward Sword. You shush. What was her name? Oh, Miss, yeah, well, yeah, she was the worst part of Miss, I've got You've got a 62% <laughs> chance of survival. What is she, like a, like a spirit version of Data? I don't know. She was annoying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean all the Zelda games are good games, but we always felt like eh, it's it's kind yeah, of. I, I I know what you mean though. Like yeah. even even though I liked a lot of those games, it it needed to um, rediscover itself. I think would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, and they've really really done a good job here. And, and I'm playing on the Wii U, and I feel like the graphics look really really good. I I don't know, you know, if if people worried like it's an older system and stuff, but. I mean, it looks good. It plays good. Um, so go and check it out. Um, and the world's huge. And, oh my and God. Horizon. And Horizon. Oh yes, yeah. I I am so glad to see that developer not having to make freaking kill zone games anymore. <laughs> I kept and I kept trying to like like the kill zone games because it's like it's the PlayStation's version of of whatever. I forget that game yeah. on the Xbox that everyone loves. I mean, um, the PS4 one was okay. Very beautiful graphics, but yeah. eh, yeah. eh. But yeah. holy cow, did they knock it out of the park with this one? <laughs> holy shit! It's, it's unbelievable that it's, that's from the same developer. Yeah, like it's unbelievable. I, I just won. I I stayed up to like five a.m. the other morning. I haven't done that since I was like twenty-three and played Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. You know, I mean, holy cow. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of cool things to go and check out. Um, boop, 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 boop. almost as good as Hyrule Warrior. Okay, no, just get all right. Um, <laughs> I do like my Hyrule Warriors. Uh, okay, so there you go. Lots of things to check out, and in between, you can check out uh, other episodes of RPG Backtrack. Our next episode. What is our going to be our next episode? Are we getting down to Growland, um, sir? Is that what we we're may try about? for that? Um. It'll either be Growlancer or we may try and do that Lunar 2 one that we kept trying to do and never managed to do. Yeah. It'll be... It'll be coming. It'll be something. It'll be something. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, and hey, guys, if you're listening to this and 
you have uh, you have some thoughts about what you'd like us to talk about or anything like that, you can feel free to drop us a line. Uh, you can shoot me up at Twitter, twitter.com forward slash JC Servant. Mr. Minky is at you may send. And if you hate us, don't forget, you can always email our complaint department, askwheels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> Very important. Get those complaints in there. We highly encourage you to voice everything you hate about this show to askwheels at rpgamer.com. Very important. Um, of course, Q&A Quest now has that juicy topic of, is the mobile market completely supplanting the handheld market? Yes. Uh, that's, that's, no, it's not. Yes, Absolutely. No, it's... Well, I think you can keep a, a show going for a bit on that topic, though. Yes. Nice. All right. Phil, make, Phil, make if, that was the, if that was the case, the 3DS would have completely bombed. Yeah, it's it's bombing now. It's... Totally. No, it's dying. It's not. Dying. It's... So God. dying. It, it, a little battery light is flashing red. It's just phone light support. I like... think Phil is is uh, projecting from his own 3DS again. Live support. Yeah, my own 3DS. I need to play that. What do I have just on like there? The, just like when your 3DS was stolen and you had to rebuild oh, everything. That was my DS. And, and okay. it pissed me off because I had Dragon Quest Four like almost oh. done. And someone stole it. And I wasn't pissed that I had to pay 50 bucks to replace it. I was pissed that I had to start Dragon Quest over again for like the third time. Stupid, uncaring people. I mean, it was just there for a minute. Who would do that to me? Uh, yeah. I don't so, know. Hmm. Oh, but yeah, there's a new Fire Emblem coming out this year. Yay. Actually, a couple on, new Fire Emblems. On, on, on the phone? On the mobile? That was that new Fire Emblem? Yeah. Mind-blowing title that clearly shows that Fire Emblem is even jumping on a mobile bandwagon? Uh, no comment. Yeah. Oh, speaking of handhelds. Another handhelds, game that you just can't wait to play with touchscreen controls, right? I know, right? I, well, I can't I, wait to switch my weapons during a battle with the touchscreen. I don't know about you guys, but when they were showing that off on the Nintendo show, and they were showing the combat, and it looked like the grid was something like 12 by 12 or, you know, whatever. Is, yeah. And I'm just like, what? How can you have a real tactical game with battle boards that are so small? It was like a chessboard. I mean, that's it's, sad. That's not real of, tactics. Uh, tactics light. Tactics light, yeah, yeah. Another microtransaction-driven piece of crap. No. Oh, my, is it? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, I, I got pessimistic on that one from, from day one. I just, I, I really, look, I have really tried to like phone games. And I'll tell you about the one the one kind of game I do like in a minute. But, but for the most part, no, I'm with you guys. I totally reached for my Vita, my DS. I've tried. I really, really have tried. I've read reviews and bought the best games and try them out because at the end of the day, if the games are good, to me, what's another handheld system, right? And it's a phone. I have it all the time. Why not? But, man... The controls suck. Even all the games that look beautiful and look like they could be deep and there are some good ports and whatever have you. But once you start touching, this, it's just not the same as a controller. It's fine, I guess, for like a tower defense game or uh, a couple of other little things here and there. But for the most part, it just it doesn't feel nearly as good as a handheld. Well, I think that's why the whole market, for the most part, is like all casual games on yeah. mobile. That's and where the market is. And what's really sad, and this is probably for a different podcast. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. I'm enjoying it too much. But what's really sad is that I see all the young people so glued to their cell phones, and I just want to shake them and say, "Don't you understand? There's better out there. Let me show you a Vita. Let me show you 
a DS or a I ESP. Can show you the world. I can show you the world. Dude, dude, dude. You are wasting your brain on this crack when you can have a meal. You're eating Pez candy when you're in a buffet, you know, a royal French buffet. But Phil, you, you can know? play Minecraft on your phone. Oh my gosh. You can play Minecraft on your Vita with full uh, analog or whatever controls. And and it it's so much. I try. I got it on my Vita, and I played on the plane. And it's a fun game. It really is. I like Minecraft. But I tried it on the phone because a friend had it and showed it to me. Because he's like, "Yeah, I got Minecraft here too." Because I'm like, "Look at the thing I built on my Vita." He's like, "Yeah, I got it right here." I'm like, "How in the hell do you control? Well, you do this. No, it's just no." There was an action RPG on there, which action RPG, generally speaking, just got a couple of buttons and a control stick. I kept I kept losing I kept losing track of where the control quote unquote the control stick was at on my phone. I don't know how you guys do that shit. Sorry, pardon my friend. I don't know how you do it. I tried. I really did try. Maybe I'm just too old. Maybe I'm too too. I'm too funny, Duddy. I don't and, know how my workmates do it. <laughs> no, and that's unfortunately, but that's where all the young people are at. And those of us who grew up playing, you know, Pokemon and walking around with the handhelds and stuff like that. Nowadays, those young eight, twelve, sixteen-year-olds well, are playing Pokemon Capture, whatever the hell it is, on their cell phones. They're they're playing. Uh, I can't even remember it. And I had workmates doing it last year. Remember the the Pokemon thing on phones? What the hell is it? Pokemon Go. Thank you. Not that I played or anything. Yeah. No. It brings it, it's it's sad and it brings a tear to my eye. And not a well, good tear. I I have actually seen lots of young people playing 3DSs, and whenever I do, it uh, brings a smile to my face. Mm, I see it's all them cell phones sniff. Um. Anywho. That's okay, because if it does go, if handhelds do go away the dinosaur, they will always be welcome here on the RPG Backtrack, where we talk about games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. So, uh, and if you like what you hear, remember that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, and your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Head on over to RPGamer.com for all those articles and much more. We also have other great podcasts for you to listen to, like the RPG Cast, where we talk about newer games, like we pretty much have done for the last hour anyways. Um, Active Topical Banter, where we talk about topics, like we've just done for the last hour anyways. Uh, And Q&A Quest, where there's this weird dude who answers all your complaints about the RPG backtrack, send those complaints to AskWheels at RPGamer.com. And, and I will uh, and, actually answer them, by the way. And, and he will answer them. So all those podcasts and much more. Of course, you can find those on iTunes or with the proper podcast finder on your Android. Or you can head over to rpgamer.com and find them all there on the left-hand side. Mr. Minky, please put us to sleep. I probably should. And I know that there's a way and a why to do it. But I don't know. You were probably you would probably be the more appropriate person to say why we need to be put asleep tonight, don't you think, Phil? Why is that tonight? Hmm. Why? Why? Oh, by the way, if you're still listening, God bless your heart. If you're still listening, I forgot to mention. If you do like some sort of mobile game, the only mobile game I really play is Clash Royale. I don't know why. It's addictive. It's fun, and it's a touchscreen. And we have a clan called the Dark Marauders. So look us up if you want to join. We still got a few open slots. So. But, uh, yeah, check it out. All right, talk to you later. Have a good night. Little plug at the end.
RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email us at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on twitter.com forward slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcasts, as well as our awesome sister shows, the RPG Cast, the Q&A Quest, and the Active Topical Banter, all at rpgamer.com.